Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of No Doubt, where we will look at current events, people, and everyday issues, and language from a Shin Buddhist perspective, and then talk about in-depth points that delve more deeply into the doctrine of this tradition. My name is Takashi Miyagi, and I'll be your host. Let's get started. address uh, what is quote-unquote religion from a Jodo Shinshu standpoint. How do we define religion? And I think sometimes we throw terms around assuming we know um, what we are all talking about. But I have a little gripe with this one because I think many times Shin Buddhism gets grouped into this category of quote-unquote religion when I'm not sure we quite fit into that category all the time. That's not so bad, but um, it starts to encroach on us when our own Sangha gets sucked into forcing Jodo Shinshu to fit into this category of people's idea of what religion is supposed to be. And I think that's where I think um, discrepancies arise and uh, many of the people in this tradition get confused and even frustrated you know, with our religious organization. Why don't we take more of a firm and definitive stance on social and political issues? Why don't we have a more concrete religious practice? Why does Shin Buddhism sound like a monotheistic tradition? These are all problems that arise because there is a problem in the presupposition of our definition of what religion is supposed to be and the general Western or American notion of what is demanded of a religion and its respective organizations. So today I'd like to kind of touch upon that issue. Basically what I'm going to argue is that Jodo Shinshu Buddhism and its followers need to redefine religion and its scope for the outside world. So lately I've been watching some documentaries and news on YouTube and just different things talking about so, uh, different social problems and things like that. And one thing I noticed is how people talk about religion in this country. It didn't really occur to me until just recently, actually, as a matter of fact, but uh, I think um, how Jodo Shinshu defines religion and how the Western world defines religion are kind of two vastly different things. And um, when so when you think of religion, what do you think of? So um, in order to kind of get this conversation going, um, I uh, went ahead and looked up you know the word religion in a dictionary and it defines it as 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 the following quote the belief in and worship of superhuman controlling power especially a personal god or gods end quote <clears throat> and i think for the most part we have generally the same kind of definition of religion just to add on to this um a little bit more perhaps we might think of religion as a set of guidelines that tell us how to live in this life if we do not follow these rules, we are punished or are banished to some place of damnation. So we have to be sure to live moralistic lives that follow that set of guidelines that is supposed to help cultivate our spiritual selves. 
when we prove ourselves worthy by following these ethical guidelines, then we are rewarded by having access to a world of peace and bliss and happiness and whatnot. So one more characteristic is that um, when we find we are in trouble, we can ask this superhuman deity or deities uh, for help through what's called petitionary prayer. And this will help to address our needs and to ask for guidance in this world that can otherwise be overbearing or perhaps um, tempting. So more or less, we define religion in these three kind of terms. The first one is religion is about an omnipotent deity or deities that control this world and the universe. The second one is we are expected to follow a set of ethical standards as a condition for reward in the afterlife. And then the third one is we can seek help and guidance through appealing to a deity or deities through the act of petitionary prayer. So based on this definition, then Jodo Shinshu is technically not a religion, right? Nor does Jodo Shinshu de define this to be a religion. In the eyes of Jodo Shinshu, this standard is not true religion, but rather hobeng, or what's called um, expedient means um, to get us to awaken to absolute truth in the end. But this teaching itself is not absolute truth. It's kind of like um, like a stepping stone to get to the final truth kind of thing. So um, I will briefly address all three, but I kind of want to pay close attention to the third one um, today. And uh, so uh, to begin with, regarding number one, um, and number one is religion is about an omnipotent deity or deities that control this world and the universe. So regarding number one, there is no, um, in, in Buddhism, there is no higher power that is all-powerful and judges whether we are good or bad, <clears throat> excuse me, or um, good or evil. The only thing that, quote-unquote, controls the universe, if anything, is the law of karma, the law of cause and effect. Everything in this world is determined by causal condition. In other words, through interconnection and interdependency, all things are interlinked and affect each other through a chain of occurrences. Some people will call that phenomena God, but we Buddhists call that karma. The second one uh, regarding number two, and number two is the following. We are expected to follow a set of ethical standards as a condition for reward in the afterlife. So regarding number two, and this one is of particular interest to me, but ethics is not something that we can do, um, at least not completely correctly, from a Jodo Shinshu perspective again. The reason why is, even though we might have the logical capability of coming up with ethical rules and why we should follow them, we almost never do, um, not only as a human being, but as sentient beings, as a species. Right? There is one reason why that is the case. Blind passions, attachments, you guessed it, right? Um, our attachment to ourselves, to our egos, is the sole reason why we cannot follow ethical rules to the T. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to be ethical, we should. But it means that from a Jodo Shinshu standpoint, even ethics is impermanent, meaning it is subject to change. And anything that is subject to change in this world is not truth. Truth is permanent. Truth is absolute. Ethics is not. Because ethics 
and, and because ethics is not true, then that is not the way to find true spiritual salvation, true spiritual liberation from a Jodo Shinshu perspective. So regarding number three then, um, that's the one where it says, we can seek help and guidance through appealing to a deity or deities through the act of petitionary prayer. So regarding that, seeking help and guidance through um, prayer would be fine if we knew what kind of help and guidance we needed. Unfortunately, because of blind passions or the attachments to the egocentric self, we always think of help and guidance in terms of how to help aggrandize this ego self. In other words, the kind of help and guidance we want are almost always based on selfish motivations. I want a better job. I want a nicer looking car. Why couldn't my husband be more handsome? Why couldn't my wife look like that actress? I want a bigger house so people will see how much clout I have. I want to wear nice suits so people will think I'm a pers person who's worthy of respect, etc., etc. Right? Every day we have wants. We're never satisfied. Never satisfied. It's, it's kind of like um like corporate greed. Corporate greed is, is not some entity outside of us, right? Corporate greed is the culmination of human selfishness and egocentricity on a macro scale. So when we say that global warming is caused by corporate greed, what we really should be saying is that global warming is caused by corporate greed, but we are that corporate greed, right? So don't get it twisted, right? We are the very content of corporate greed. Corporations aren't something, something we, can, we can point the finger at and say they are the bad guys, right? They are us, right? Corporations wouldn't exist if there wasn't us, if there weren't us. So when we say that global warming is caused by corporate greed, what we really should be saying is that global warming is, yes, indeed, caused by corporate greed, but we are that corporate greed. So don't, don't get it twisted. Right? We are the very content of corporate greed. Corporations aren't something we can point the finger at and say they are the bad guys, right? They are us. Corporations wouldn't exist if there weren't us. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but corporations are people, my friend. Right? I guess this, that, well, that's a different issue altogether. But this is the one instance in which I can find myself to be in agreement with that statement. But um, getting back to my point, we're never satisfied, right? This, this society, capitalism and democracy and, and the way our society is structured right now is structured in such a way that um, we're never satisfied. It's never enough. The train will keep going. I, I don't even think we know how to stop it anymore, right? We're not going to stop until we absolutely destroy this earth. But um, yeah, so... Uh, we the, the this 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 current current kind of um, setup of society and and the way the world works is um, in such a way that we are never satisfied, right? So when something does go our way, uh, uh, when we don't get what we want, we employ um, petitionary prayer, right? So either when something does go our way, or we want it to go in a certain way, or um, when we don't get something to go our way, when we do want to get something to kind of move in the direction that we want it to go, we employ 
what's called petitionary prayer as a means to appeal to a higher source to try and get something we want. It is wishful thinking. And sometimes we get what we want, sometimes we don't. But the essential premise of petitionary prayer, where we ask for something like material wealth, health, or even spiritual forgiveness through confession or good acts, these are all based on egocentricity. And this is why we do not pray as Jodo Shinshu Buddhists. So before I go on further, let me let me explain what I mean by pray prayer. We as um, there's two kinds of prayers, right? There's there's one is the petitionary prayer, which is what I'm dressing here, and then there's the other one that's a general notion of prayer, the prayer in the sense that I wish for world happiness. Um, uh, I wish that for all beings to be happy and well, right? I wish for you to be. Uh, to not have suffering and, and the mitigation of suffering in this world, right? Um, that that basic prayer, that notion of wanting society to uh, to be at peace, is a, is a general notion of prayer that we can get behind. Shinran Shonin even uses this word, right? Um, so that's not what we're what I'm addressing here. What I'm addressing here is petitionary prayer, where we ask a higher source for material health, wealth, uh, for um, um, these kinds of things, uh, the benefit of myself over others, right? Um, and, and asking for a higher source to grant that wish. Um, and that, that's the, the kind of prayer that I'm talking about. It's called petitionary prayer here. So that's what um, I'm trying to address here. So we're also not asking for forgiveness in, in this tradition. When we come before Amida Buddha, we are not asking for forgiveness. We are not asking really for anything, actually. In fact, what we are doing is we are affirming our embracement by truth in this world by saying Namo Amida Buddha. So, you know, there is no condition to meet. There is no wishful kind of thinking. Um, our salvation or our spiritual liberation has already been guaranteed it's just a matter of whether we come to that awakening or not and and namo amidabutsu is um in, it is in two parts right um as i've mentioned in previous kind of um episodes but um it is the calling of the voiceless voice it is the calling of the world of absolute truth um, and in which when we receive that calling we then affirm um, that calling. And so that's what I mean here by affirming our embracement by um, this world of truth. Uh, and that is why we say the phrase Namo Amidabutsu. So Namo Amidabutsu is not a form of petitionary prayer. We're not asking for forgiveness or any kind of material health or wealth or these kinds of things.
So continuing on with this conversation of how to define religion, Jodo Shinshu Buddhism is not about the following general definition of what religion is. And I covered that in the first part, uh, but just to cover it one more time, it's that number one, religion is about an omnipotent deity or deities that control this world and the universe. Number two, we are expected to follow a set of ethical standards as a condition for reward in the afterlife. And number three, we can seek help and guidance through appealing to a deity or deities through the act of petitionary prayer. So all three of these things, um, Jodo Shinshu does not um, subscribe to. So then the question becomes, what the heck is religion then in Jodo Shinshu? In order to answer that, um, I'd like to read something um, that I saw in a book about uh, famous short phrases about Jodo Shinshu. And in my translation, um, it reads as follows. Quote, spiritual liberation is not to have answers. It is to have questions. If we come to an answer, we jump to conclusions about what life is supposed to be. If we come to the question, it makes us walk on the journey of life. Spiritual liberation is not to have the answers. It is to have questions. If we come to an answer, we jump to conclusions about what life is supposed to be. If we come to the question, it makes us walk on the journey of life." End quote. So it, I think this is a really powerful and deep statement. This is, this is saying that spiritual liberation is not, to co- is not to come to the answer of life. It does not bring us to say that life is this. We are supposed to live like this. We need to be like this. We need to think like this. If we do not do these things, then we are not living correctly. We are not living piously. We are not living justly or morally. From a Shin Buddhist perspective, that is not what spiritual liberation is. Actually, as a matter of fact, many times when we do think we have the answer, we impose this answer onto other people. We impose this onto ourselves. We say, life is supposed to be like this. I should be like this. You need to be like this. You need to meet my standards. Society should be like this and society should act in accordance to my worldview. We make all these demands to ourselves and to others. Then when things don't go the way we believe they should be going, we get angry, right? We get jealous. We hold grudges. We start wars. We start to mock and scathe others for what is really our misguided way of thinking. And the examples that I can give, you know, are endless. So I'm not going to go into that now, but I'm sure you can think to yourself, you know, all the examples uh, of, of, of this playing out. If you just watch the news, right, it's everywhere, right? But the other thing about this, though, is that it's, you know, it's not about liberal or conservative, Republican or Democrat, rich or poor, or where, where you live, right? It's everyone doing this, everyone. We have to understand this, right? That's the discipline. That's what makes us Buddhist. But the poem then continues and it says that there is another way of looking at life. If we come to spiritual liberation and we find that we come to the question and not the answer, what that means is we come to the meaning of life through the way that we live. 
So that's the meaning of life through the way that we live. Isn't that interesting? It is a completely different outlook on life. It's like all of a sudden, all this weight is lifted off of you, of us, right? Now it's not, it's not about, you know, I have to live like this. You have to live like this. Society has to live like this. That's what the answer is. And then, you know, when, when, when it doesn't go the way that, it, that, it, that we, we believe it should be going, we get stressed out because the world doesn't operate in the way that we feel it should be working, right? Instead, our mindset is different. Now it's about what is life? Why does Amida Buddha's great compassion save us? What is Nembutsu? What is the Pure Land? Why am I a Bombu? Why does the world suffer? What is the path for me to take? And how can I contribute to this world? These questions prompt us to continually walk on the path of life. Now every moment is no longer a burden, but a chance. A chance to encounter absolute truth. So as we continue questioning, walking the path of life, experiencing the different things in, that we see in life, all of these things become the ways in which we verify the truth of the Buddha Dharma, the truth of Amida Buddha's compassion. You know, and I think that's why this religion is so hard to retain, con continuing members or attracting new members. Um, we don't have this quick one-size-fits-all answer, right? And we can't provide nice little sound bites for everyone to use quickly, uh, to use to quickly understand this tradition. In a sense, there is no elevator pitch to this religion. There is no instant gratification that we can offer people who just come to one or two of our Sunday services. This religion isn't about offering a few minutes of relaxation and meditation so that you can better focus on your daily jobs or lower your stress levels. That is not what religion is about. And that is certainly not what Jodo Shinshu offers. Jodo Shinshu offers you the ability to question, to find the meaning of your life in your terms. The interesting thing about that though is that we are not capable of finding that answer on our own. We need something outside of ourselves to find that answer. And that something is the Buddha Dharma. It is the mirror that shows us who we truly are. It offers you the freedom to live an authentic life, not bogged down by what a religion's dogma tells you how to live. You choose what your life is going to be. But at the same time, this religion lets you know that you can fall and it will be okay. Life is not about trying to meet this bar. And if you make it, then you're in the in club. And if you don't make it, well, it sucks to be you, right? It's not about telling others how to live their lives. Rather, life is about coming to the awakening of your true authentic self and that you are going to be okay no matter how many times you may fall. And even if you don't get up, you are still in Amida Buddha's embrace. Think about the audacity of this religion to be able to say that to its followers. You have to come to you, find your meaning in this life. And all of this is made possible by Amida Buddha's great compassion. 
there's a popular Buddhist reading and it uh, reads like this. I'm going to read the Japanese and it's, it's a popular um, phrase. It's so um, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, it's, it's commonly known um, and I've, I've translated it too as well. And in the Japanese it reads, Saita hana o yorokobu mono wa oi ga sakaseta ne o negirau mono wa sukunai. So Saita hana o yorokobu mono wa oi ga sakaseta ne o negirau mono wa sukunai. Which translates to,、uh, there are many who enjoy the flowers that bloom, but few will appreciate the roots that allowed the flowers to bloom. There are many who enjoy the flowers that bloom, but few will appreciate the roots that allowed the flowers to bloom. You are the sakura flower. You are the flower. You can live authentically, but hardly anyone gives credit to, hardly anyone appreciates or gives deep gratitude for the root that made you, the flower, bloom in the first place. Why? Because many people don't see it. It's underground, the roots are underground, and most people only want to believe what is literally in front of their eyes. But what these same people mostly don't realize. Is how much they don't see, how much they can't see.、Right? I had friends who told me this before too. You know, I, I'm, I, I only believe what I see, right? If you, want, if you want me to believe, then prove it to me and show it to me, right? Or it's got to be in front of my face, right? Which I don't completely disagree with, right? I, I, I see what they're saying, right? They're not just going to believe in something, right? And they're, they're, they're highly critical of blind faith. But see, this is again going back to what I'm talking about, about what. Religion is, and what Jodo Shinshu gets grouped into this religion, this definition of religion, when, in, when I don't see it, I don't see the similarity. When we, sh- I don't feel like we are in that category. I shouldn't be, we shouldn't be placed in that category of what many people think religion is. And what we are not is definitely a blind faith. And we definitely affirm and embrace scientific fact, right? That's definitely true. But the, the problem is, is that a lot of people, when they say this, and I've been told this too, I only believe what I see, is they themselves don't realize how much they don't see. They're putting a lot of stock, right, in their own vision and what they're able to see, right? They don't give any credence, they don't give any possibility. To the fact that there's much more to this world, to this life, to this universe than just what they see. And so it's an extremely limited worldview, right? And that's what Jodo Shinshu is trying to say. It's saying you have your egocentric goggles on, and there is much more going on to this world, to this universe, if you can understand that there is much more going on than just what you have on. You are not the center of the universe, and yet you are an integral part of this universe. But if you can just for a split second take off those goggles and see that there's more to this life than just you at the center of it, you will see how absolute reality embraces everybody. All sentient beings are embraced in this one true reality. So, going back to this, this root example, this poem or this phrase that I read, Amida Buddha is the root. The principle of infinite wisdom 
and compassion is the root. We personify that as Amida Buddha. Amida Buddha is the fundamental aspiration for, for the spiritual liberation of all beings. Amida Buddha enables you to live a truly authentic life. You are not required to meet a set of standards. You are not required to meditate for hours on end. You are not required to sever your ties with your family members or to live an ascetic lifestyle somewhere up in the woods in complete solitude. Nevertheless, the voiceless voice is calling out to you, telling you that you are okay just as you are. All you have to do is question life, question the nembutsu, question yourself and the preconceived notions that you have about this life. Question your own journey and what the meaning of life is. This is how you converse with absolute truth, which we call Amida Buddha. This is how you live spiritually from a Jodo Shinshu standpoint. This is how you live in accordance to the Nembut's teaching. But don't, don't question just for the sake of someday forsaking, right? Don't question with resentment, resent, resentment. Question honestly and intently all while you say the Nembutsu and continue to walk on the Nembutsu path. Only then will this religion reveal itself to you through your own life experiences. So again, there, there are no elevator pitches to this religion. There is no instant gratification in this religion. Jodo Shinshi Buddhism offers, however, a promising journey. That is what this religion is about. It offers you your own customized spiritual path. And for this reason, we should continually listen to Amida Buddha's calling voice and the great aspiration for all beings to attain spiritual liberation. This is known as Amida Buddha's Honggang or uh, fundamental aspiration. So thank you very much uh, for tuning in to another episode of No Doubt. Um, today we took on the issue of uh, what is religion. Um, and I think a lot of times, and the reason why I took this up um, is because I think religion um, is gets imposed on us. And, and we ourselves, uh, a lot of us who are in this tradition, um, trying to force fit this tradition into what many people's notion of religion of what religion is and i think that what we can do well just to conclude you know everything that i've talked about today is to say that you know um we as jodashishu buddhists should set about trying to re-examine what religion is and what the definition of religion is um, I gave three examples, the three characteristics of re what, what religion is commonly defined as, and that is that religion has an omnipotent deity or deities that controls this world and the universe. The second one is that it is through living an ethical life that we are rewarded in the afterlife. And the third one is that um, we can seek help and guidance um, through petitionary prayer, to which um, at all three of these things, Jodo Shinshu Buddhism does not subscribe to. Jodo Shinshu Buddhism is about giving us the freedom to live a truly authentic life by finding our own path um, that we um, 
uh, feel is is the right way to live in our own lives, right? So we don't use religion to impose upon other people, to tell other people that um, they're wrong or that they're bad people, right? But that we use this religion to um, uh, help us, to ground us, and to see that we are all being sustained by the one same true reality. That true reality we define as uh, Amida Buddha, or in other words, um, the principle of infinite wisdom and compassion. When we awaken to this truth, we uh, can live in this life in newfound hope, in newfound confidence, and newfound joy. Okay, um, and that that'll give us the audacity to live authentically in this life. That's what religion is from a Jodo Shinshu perspective. That'll do it for us today. Thank you for tuning in today to another episode of No Doubt. I'm your host, Takashi Miyagi. As the Master Shandao states, quote, May we together awaken the Bodhi mind and be born in the realm of serenity and joy. End quote. Take care, Dharma friends. Until next time, Namo Amidots.